Welcome to The Good Lawyer. This is a 2022 copyrighted podcast of the Young Lawyers Division of the State Bar of Georgia, where we discuss what makes a good lawyer. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. I am your host, Sari Young. And today on the show, I am very excited to have Ambassador Susan Coppage, Executive Director of Georgia Legal Services Program. She is going to share with us her expertise on what makes a good lawyer. Welcome to the show, Ambassador Coppage. How are you today? I'm great. I want to thank the Young Lawyers Division for having me and you, Sarah, for hosting. Absolutely. And I guess to get started, just talk to our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Thank you. I have been um, practicing law since 1993 in a variety of capacities, including as a federal prosecutor, as a presidentially appointed policy advocate with the rank of ambassador at large at the U.S. State Department Office to Monitor and Combat Trafficking in Persons, and at Krevlin and Horst, representing um, business entities in a variety of matters. As you alluded, I am presently the Executive Director of Georgia Legal Services Program. I'm thrilled I have been in that role not quite a year. I started in May of 2022. And Georgia Legal Services believes that everyone has a right to high-quality legal service, regardless of where they live in Georgia or how much they earn. And Georgia Legal Services has 10 offices throughout the state, providing lawyers to clients who need assistance with protection from domestic violence, maintaining safe and stable housing, and providing access to health and public benefits, and assisting farm workers with their employment rights, and providing access to education. So it's a great opportunity for me to serve in that role. We have a staff of 190 people throughout the state. That's amazing. And that program does so much good work. I want to ask you the, the big question for this show. What makes a good lawyer? So I'd like to discuss uh, what makes a good lawyer in terms of the lawyer's creed and the aspirational statement on professionalism that had been adopted by the Chief Justice's Commission on Professionalism and are incorporated into the rules and regulations um, for the State Bar of Georgia. I find the lawyer's creed to provide a great outline for me. And it really serves as encouragement and guidance and assistance to individual lawyers, to law firms, and to bar associations, because it outlines those special obligations and responsibilities that we have as professionals. So I'll start with good lawyers fulfill their obligations, which are often called fiduciary duties, to their clients. And I've had a real diverse array of clients, as I mentioned briefly in my career, And I think there are different requirements, actually, for meeting your obligations to different clients. Um, As a prosecutor, I saw the people and the citizens of the Northern District of Georgia as my clients. And I can attest to the fact that the U.S. Attorney's Office, which is based here in Atlanta, holds its prosecutors to very high standards of ethical conduct, as while there we were impacting individuals' freedom in the interest of public safety. And so that's a different client than I had when I was at Kremlin and Horst, when my clients were business entities. And the attorneys who were representing businesses are responsible for ensuring oftentimes that that business can continue to operate, provide jobs and and contribute to the economy. And then pivoting to now my current role at GLSP, our clients are those who need access to civil justice. Because unlike in the criminal sector, as all lawyers know, you're not entitled to an attorney in the civil process, but you may still be a victim of um, domestic violence or of labor trafficking, or you may be about to lose your home or your access to education, or you may need health and public benefits to support your families. 
And that's a different group of clients as well. People who may not have had much interaction with um, lawyers and who don't necessarily understand our justice system may have different expectations of what a lawyer can do for them. But again, our obligation is to meet their needs. And I highlight this really diverse group of clients just to emphasize that we as lawyers throughout our career can frequently end up on, on either side of the V, the versus, sometimes the plaintiff or the state, sometimes the defendant. And to stress that good lawyers, whichever side of the V they're on, will always be mindful of and empathetic to their clients. And that's one obligation, I think, and one hallmark of a good lawyer. But another thing about good lawyers is that they have to fulfill their obligations to the community writ large. And one of those community aspirations in the lawyer's creed, and I'm going to quote it directly, is to avoid all forms of wrongful discrimination in all activities, including discrimination on the basis of race, religion, sex, age, handicap, veteran status, or national origin. And so the social goals of equality and fairness are really personal goals for me and I think most lawyers who set very high standards for themselves. And we need to keep in mind to be a good lawyer that the public is kind of watching, be it a jury or other community members or our peers or even newer attorneys in the profession. And as a litigator, I I would submit, because that's the way I'm taught to speak when addressing judges, I would submit that this goal would include not pandering to jurors who still hold lingering prejudices of the kind outlined. And I am really proud of the GLSP education practice, just by way of example, because we are striving to combat systemic racism in some education policies, relating to school suspensions that disproportionately impact children of color. So frequently, we represent the families and children who need to get back in school and be given that appropriate educational support. But there's more for a good lawyer to do. Um, Good lawyers also have to fulfill their obligation to their colleagues and the practice of law. And one example of this is through mentoring and sponsorship, which I was certainly fortunate to experience early in my career with amazing mentors and sponsors and now have the opportunity to give back. For example, by saying yes when asked to speak today about what makes a good lawyer, in my opinion, but also spending time with newer attorneys who are just beginning to represent clients and and try cases. I like to talk about the law students and the new prosecutors that I uh, worked with on developing trial skills. Certainly those those of us who've practiced in court a while, I think the longer you practice, um, the less evidentiary objections you make. Uh, And I say that because law school teaches you the rules of evidence, what you can do, what you can object to as a lawyer. And newer lawyers are very eager to do that. However, going to court and representing clients, I think, teaches you you what you should do and what is most effective for your case and for your professional obligations. There's more still to being a good lawyer, and that's fulfilling obligations to the profession. And when I think about the profession, I think about opposing parties and their counsel, frequently summed up in the words of the golden rule is to treat opposing counsel like you want to be treated. A a stickler for me is timely filings and the opportunity for the adverse party to respond and communicate. When I started practicing as a prosecutor, I heard that criminal lawyers were much more civil to each other than civil attorneys were. And I think that stems from the fact that we're repeat players in a smaller legal microcosm and that we're going to encounter each other again and again. So we know to treat them like we want to be treated because we're going to see them and and deal with them again. 
And I find that sometimes it's unfortunate that big city lawyers think they're just going to see opposing counsel in one matter and can embrace that that scorched earth mentality, which the profession has sadly got a reputation for. I also, though, have discovered that GLSP lawyers in our regional offices in those smaller communities also have a very civil, civil practice because, again, they know those legal colleagues in the community. And so that relational lawyering is, is one benefit to practicing in a smaller community or a smaller subset of the law. I can give an example from my practice. As a prosecutor, you're required to turn over newly discovered evidence that could be exculpatory to the defendant. And I had some of that turn up once. And the defense lawyer I knew um, was at home for a religious holiday. He was working from home. And so I told him I could run it by his house. He lived close to me. It wasn't too much of of an effort for me to do that. But I just wanted him to know that I wanted him to have this evidence as soon as it came into our hands. And I saw that as meeting my professional obligations, both to my colleague, the adversary in the system, but also the justice system itself. I can kind of conclude with good lawyers also have to fulfill their obligations to themselves and to those in their extended families. I think you need to take the time to be present in your non-professional life, which can be really hard when professional obligations uh, tick up. I have two children and my weekends right now are filled with volleyball and soccer. But I think being a good parent to them makes me a better lawyer because it really grounds me in the values that I want to exhibit, not only in my life, but in my community and in my profession. So in striving to meet this goal, I wanna be clear that sometimes I have said, mommy is working on a brief, go watch TV. But sometimes it's very important to be fully present for those in your life outside of your professional obligations. So those are just some brief thoughts of mine on, on good lawyering, there are many others, but. Um, ones that I I subscribe to or try to try to subscribe to. And those are amazing things to subscribe to and to hold yourself to. In light of your discussion on the lawyer's creed, what are your thoughts on the professional commitment to pro bono as part of the goals of the lawyer's creed in the state bar? Well, I'm, I'm going to caveat this because this is not a newly held position of mine just because I'm now the executive director at Georgia Legal Services, and we certainly appreciate and are supported supported by pro bono attorneys in our work. But even before I had this job, I was engaged in pro bono work, particularly while at Prevalent and Horst, uh, where I represented a wrongfully incarcerated sex trafficking survivor. My client had pled guilty the age of 17 to committing a crime that was really a direct result of her own victimization at the hands of the human trafficker. And the case came to my attention through a a nonprofit, and they wanted to see what we could do for, for her. And I'm thrilled that Georgia has recently adopted a law that allowed us to file a petition for vacature of her sentence based on the fact that it was committed as a direct result of being trafficked. And that after 10 years in custody, She was released the day before Thanksgiving in 2022. And I have to say that even though I didn't earn any money for that case, it certainly was one of the most meaningful in my professional life. And it took it took a lot of time. There are certainly other ways to give back that are of shorter duration so that you can help someone when when it's convenient for your time as a and maintaining the obligations we talked about and representing your clients. And organizations like Georgia Legal Services and others in the community 
provide those opportunities to help people. We do wills in the state's clinics where individuals can have wills drawn up by attorneys. And you don't have to be a wills and estates lawyer to do that. We have a team that supports that. We also have a project that I'm really thrilled about, which is a record restriction project so that individuals in Georgia who qualify can have their criminal histories restricted so that only law enforcement see them. And that helps them get jobs and rent housing and and really move on with their lives once they're time in the criminal justice system has been completed. So there are just so many ways that attorneys can give back. And the state bar even has an honor roll where you can register that time and be recognized by your peers for the services you have. So I would encourage everyone to commit to that pro bono work and balance your legal life and give back to those who, who wouldn't be able to access justice otherwise. You do amazing work, and I think you have encouraged other attorneys as well, which is a huge, huge benefit to our entire uh, system of lawyers. I think that brings us to the end of this episode. So I want to thank you again, Ambassador Coppage, for coming on. As always, to everyone listening, thank you so much for listening to The Good Lawyer. If you enjoyed our show, please be sure to rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and be sure to come back for our next episode. Until then, this has been Sarah Young. Thank you. This podcast was created by the Young Lawyers Division of the State Bar of Georgia. It was produced, recorded, and edited by Jamie Goss. Special thanks to Ron Daniels and D. Sarah Young. Follow the YLD on social media at Georgia YLD. Call in with questions on the podcast at 404-526-8607.